Hello and welcome to episode number 109 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I am Ryan Rogers and I'm here as always by Evan Etheridge. What's up, Evan? What up, what up? How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Hope you're doing well also. Um, got a little bit to talk about this week. Haven't uh, talked since the trade deadline. Um, things have gone I guess okay. Kind of weird stretch the Braves have had here. They've played really well at times. They've played pretty bad at times, and uh, really doesn't matter too much. They have a pretty large uh, lead in the NL East. Even after losing tonight, which we'll get into later, they have a let's see, 11 game lead in the division, which is pretty good for August 13th. So uh, yeah, we left off talking about the Angels series. Um, they played very well against the Angels. It took two out of three. But then they went to Chicago, and game one went awesome in Chicago. Max Fried returned, and he was pretty much as good as you could possibly expect him to be in his first start in three months. Uh, goes six innings pitched, zero earned runs, no walks, only three hits, and eight strikeouts. Um, and the Braves just dominated the Cubs in that one. They went eight to nothing. They scored seven runs in the fourth, and that was pretty much all they needed. Murphy and Ozuna went back-to-back. Um, yeah, just kind of a dominant performance by pretty much everybody. So what do you think about this one, Chicago? Because this was the only one that went well against the Cubs, who have been playing really good baseball since the All-Star break. So definitely felt good to get this one against a team that's been red hot. Yeah, coming into this series, uh, the Cubs had scored the most runs in baseball since the trade deadline. So they were they were on a roll. Their offense was absolutely rolling. Cody Bellinger on fire. Uh, yeah, coming into this game, Kyle Hendricks. The first time through the lineup, absolutely dominant. Uh, yeah. nine, up, nine down, I think. And then in the fourth inning, uh, Ray scores seven. So just, you know, I guess seeing Hendricks the second time just really panned out. I mean, the fourth was awesome. I mean, I was at work. Every single one of these was a, was a day game, of course, in Chicago. And, uh, yeah, just an excellent, excellent way to, to, to welcome Max Fried back to the, uh, to the, to the team. Yeah, it felt good, and the Braves have always hit Hendricks really well. So, like, first time through, and he was kind of shutting us down. I was like, oh, maybe he's figured something out against the Braves, and then second time through was not not <laughs> good at all for him. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. The game was over pretty much in the fourth inning. Free kept on pitching well. Um, this Yeah, this was also Brad Hand's debut. Um, he's kind of had a up-and-down start with the Braves. He's had one bad outing. Um, other than that, he's looked pretty, pretty fine. But, uh, yeah, pretty much it from this game. And uh, – Really, this next this game's kicked off. I think the worst stretch of starting pitching I've seen from the Braves since really they've gotten good, like since 2018. I mean, I think the stat was they uh, gave up 30 earned runs over 25 and a third innings pitched in this uh, six game stretch they're about to talk about, and they went two and four in that stretch. And honestly, that's kind of fortunate when your starting pitching is that bad and. It got kicked off in this game by um, Bryce Elder just getting torched. Uh, give up seven runs, only five were earned. He had two or two unearned runs, but uh, yeah, 4.1 innings pitched. Like I said, with the five earned runs, seven runs, three walks and three strikeouts, give up two homers. And uh, yeah, pretty frustrating. All these games were frustrating because the starting pitching was so bad. He gave up five in the first inning. The Braves did fight back, um, but still not enough. They lose eight to six. So. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the starting pitching a lot this episode, but um, yeah, what did you think about this one? Because we didn't know what was in store, obviously, but still kind of frustrating losing this game. Yeah, definitely uh, frustrating. The, the Cubs pulled a Braves on us. They scored five in the first, um, and you knew right there, Elder was just not going to last, you know, three, you know, maybe four innings. They're just hoping um, the offense can get you back into it. But, um, you know, we tried a little bit later in the game in the sixth and then Olsen over to the ninth and, and, and really just, I don't know, too, too little, too late. Um, yeah. Starting pitching has, has not been good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got. Yeah. We can kind of just breeze through these. Cause it's kind of like, it's literally kind of the same game over and over again. Yeah. Um, game two, they lose four, six to four. And the common theme with this too, is that the offense still performed which kind of even made it more frustrating. I think they, they've scored at least four runs in every game in like 13 straight games or something. Pretty insane. I think the last time they scored less than um, 
less than four runs was that first game against the Angels. So that's a pretty crazy stretch. But in this one, it was Charlie Morton's turn to be terrible. And we're going to talk more about him later with his other start. But he just can't throw strikes right now, apparently. Um, this one, he had four walks over four to third innings pitched and five earned runs. Um, yeah, he has just been pretty infuriating to watch, even um, against the Mets, where he actually did go five shutty um, somehow. But yeah, like it, like kind of the same story. They, you know, the Braves struck first in this one, got two runs in the third. But um, really, they just, uh, yeah, it was Matt Olson again, which I guess we can talk about him a little bit too, because he's unreal. But uh, going against Justin Steele, who's been one of the better pitchers in baseball this year, and getting four runs off of him through five and a third innings pitch, you kind of think you're in a good spot, but Charlie just gave it all back. So, yeah, what do you think about Morton right now? Because he just looks like uh, he's out of sorts. Like he, he don't know where the ball's going. Yeah, he's he's given up a lot of walks. Um, four in this one, um, and then his previous start we'll get to, he gave up seven walks. Um, it, it's just infuriating watching, watching him pitch. Like, um, I, I thought last year was the end of Charlie Morton. Um, but apparently not. So, um, yeah, he's getting old and it's showing and he's not throwing strikes. And I mean, you have to be able to throw strikes in this league and, and with this offense, you just, just give us five and, you know, giving up three runs is fine, but you know, you got to limit the walks, man. Just, just let them earn it. Um, just super frustrating, uh, from a veteran like him. Uh, that's all you can say. I mean, after this game, uh, I got a little stat. The Braves were 10 and 11 in their last 21 games, and the offense had a WRC plus of 130. The starting pitching has a 5.77 ERA. So you know, just I mean, you know, you, you'll you'll get away with some of those games, but the starting pitching has got to be better. It's just not acceptable. Yeah, it is. It's some of it's like just kind of. I guess fluky of all of them lining up like this and being this bad back to back. And it looks like they kind of came out of it with this med series, which we'll talk about later, except for, I guess, game four, which there's some debate with that one. We'll get into because that's fresh on our minds, but um, yeah, it's super weird. It continued on to Pittsburgh um, game one in this one strider, man, oof, might be the worst I've seen him ever. <laughs> like, Two point two innings pitch, six earned runs, three walks. Um, was yeah, he was out of the game the third inning, and it was just like, oh my god! Like they get the Pirates scored six in the third. Uh, the Braves did come back uh, to get four in the top of the uh, fourth, and then there was a super long rain delay. I think it was like an hour and a half delay, and uh, Braves got one of the ninth to make a seven to six, but they could not make the full comeback, and. Um, yeah, like it really is the, the same story. <laughs> so we don't have to get super into detail because pretty much the same thing has happened again. But this time it was Strider. And uh, it was a, like, like I said, it was a little fluky. He did not get absolutely torched. The walks were bad. The three walks were, um, you know, you can't really have that. But uh, a lot of the hits were just kind of dink and dunks, which is going to happen sometimes. But, you know, Strider, he's uh, he's kind of had a weird year. He was better against the Mets yesterday. But uh, on the year, 3.75 ERA. With a 295 FIP, which that's a pretty big discrepancy there. Um, that's a yeah, a eight point discrepancy, 0.8 points. So, you know, it seems like he's getting a little bit unlucky. He still leads the league in strikeouts and all that. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about Strider in this one and just kind of him overall? We can talk about him more later with his start against the Mets, but he was he was pretty rough. Yeah, the walks were rough, but I I do think he he was getting really unlucky. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you look at those numbers and, and you, you say, yeah, he's he's not getting hit very hard. Um, you know, he has given up a, a couple home runs more than more than usual, but um, a lot of dink and dunks, like especially against the Pirates, man, it was just just they weren't hitting it hard. It was just in the right spot. And so, um, yeah, the offense did a great job keeping us in this game, almost came back after the rain delay. Um, but, yeah, you know. You, you get stuck in this hole again from the starting pitching and it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to dig your, yourself out of it. Yeah, it is. Um, except for in game two here, cause they actually did dig out of it. <laughs> the offense did. I mean, they've like, they've just been unreal, but they were really good in this game. Um, they went eight to six. You'll never guess it, but Yanni Trinos gave up six runs over five innings. It's really every game. He gave up four homers. Um, 
Yeah, he's uh, I don't know about Yanni. I kind of I kind of liked it when they picked him up, but not really cutting it. Um, this was the game though that Cabrian Hayes just decided to torch us for the rest of the series. He was he was um unbelievable. Uh, really for all these games, he kept on just coming up with hit after hit. I think he. He had two homers in this game, or maybe just one. Maybe the other one came later on. But he had a homer in this game um, and a double. That's what it was. He had a double, too. So, uh, yeah, the Braves go down early, 3-1. to one. Acuna did have a leadoff homer in this game, so they did strike first. But uh, Pirates get three in the bottom of the first. Braves tied up in the third. Then the Pirates tack on three more to go up 6-3. to three. And then uh, the Braves get two in the sixth. And then they have the crazy ninth inning where Kevin Pillar, uh, down to their last out, uh, First pitch because David Bednar, who's been one of the best closers in baseball this year, pops a single. Then Orlando Arcia just chops one, not chops one, just slices one down the line, kind of, and um, scores two runs. And the Braves are up eight to six, and they tag on three runs against David Bednar, which was very impressive. And Iglesias had a little, <laughs> he was a little spooky in these two games that we won against Pittsburgh, but he got the job done. And uh, the Braves get really one of their better wins of the year, I think. This one felt really good. Um, especially with how things have been going with the starting pitching and them to come back and win how they did. It felt really good. Um, so, yeah, what would you think about that bottom of the or top of the ninth and just this game as a whole? Yeah, great comeback win. Um, Pilar, Arcia, down to their last out, just super clutch. Um, shout out to the bullpen. Four scoreless innings, yeah. six strikeouts after Torinos gives up six um, over five. Um, yeah, you know, you're bringing Torinos in, you want him to be your, your fourth or fifth and, you know, you're expecting them to have like a four ERA, four or five ERA and, you know, uh, just, just, just keep us in the ball game. And so, you know, this, this was a little shaky start. Um, but yeah, bullpen offense coming up clutch and, uh, you know, really good win, really exciting, exciting game. Yeah, it was, I mean, down to their last out with, um, Pilar and Arcia up and them coming through was really cool, especially like those guys at the bottom of the lineup, just how insane they've been, just how insane really the entire offense has been. has been really cool. Um, now we go to game three, which is, God, the Braves played so many games this week. Uh, eight and seven days is pretty brutal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, game three here against Pittsburgh. Um, things got off to a great start. They went up four to nothing with uh, Max Freed looking really good through three innings and then I think out of all the bad starts, Max Freed's here was the least bad. He really got dinked and dunked in the fourth inning. Um, really, Arcia bobbled a ball that should have been a double play and ended up getting no outs because he bobbled and couldn't throw the runner out at first. And then another one was hit to pretty much the exact same slow grounder to where they could only get the one out at second. And then Cabrian Hayes, that dude again, had a dribbler up the middle in the center. Like it was none of those balls were hit hard at all. Kind of got unlucky with Orlando's defense being a little little rough there. But he goes four innings pitched and four earned runs, um, four strikeouts too. And I, I don't think he looked bad. I mean, he's still working his way back into things. Only threw 79 pitches, still on a pitch limit. So I'm not really worried about him like I kind of am with Elder and Morton. Um, I'm really not really worried about Strider either. But, yeah, he, he wasn't bad. He Like, he was truly the unluckiest out of all of these starting pitchers that were bad. I don't think he was actually bad at all. Might look like it from the box score, but um, he was making good pitches. So I don't really – not really too tough on Max here. What do you think about it, though? Yeah, I mean, like you said, super unlucky. We go up 4 nothing, and, uh, you know, just, just let him back in the ballgame in the fourth. Uh, that kind of sucked. But, um, yeah, end up, end up pulling out the win. Um, yeah, not much to say. Acuna, Albies, Riley, and Harris, that that four in a row, they were they were awesome this game, all with multiple hits. Um, yeah. Just a, just a solid win. You know, the, the Pirates tried coming back a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that, that insurance run in the eighth really really put us up. And Iglesias, like you said, um, came back in, struck out two. He looked good, but he gave up a couple hits. So kind of holding your breath there, but good solid win. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like I said with Cabrian Hayes, he had a game tying homer um, in the bottom of the seventh and then the top of the eighth. Uh, like you said, with that run there, it was actually a sack fly to the second baseman, <laughs> which uh, was a pretty bad play by the right fielder, Henry Davis. He, he has to get that ball. Yeah. Because with Michael Harris on third, you got to have that momentum coming in. And um, with the set of second baseman going out, it allowed Harris to come in and score. They actually caught on the field that he left early and called yeah. him out, which uh, 
he didn't. They reviewed it, and he had perfectly timed it up, which is such a weird thing to call. Like, when it was... He didn't. Like, it's it's hard, I guess, but he's, like, really... It was perfect. So I guess it was kind of close in that respect, but... Yeah, some the um the umpire lately in really all the Braves games have just had some really odd moments. Kind of yeah. baffles me a little bit, but um that that especially moment I was like, how do you call that? Just like on the field like that. That's just such a weird thing to call when it's like that that usually gets called when it's like super blatant that he left early and it really wasn't. So that was that kind of frustrated me, but also that ends well with um it getting overturned and then yeah, Iglesias shut the door. So yeah, nice one again. Not as good as that uh game two one as excitement goes, but still Nice to pull that one out and uh, give yourself a chance to win the series outright in game four, which they didn't do. And this one was <laughs> – this one had me hot. I'm not going to lie. Um, they lose 7-5. to five. They go up 4 nothing again in this game. And um, Bryce Elder, another tough one. Um, five innings pitched, five earned runs. They strike out five, which is good for his standards. But um, – yeah, the Braves went up four to nothing, like I said, and then in the uh, third, Pirates get three, you get two in the sixth and two in the seventh. Um, as the uh, the bullpen kind of faltered this one, this was Brad Hand's rough one. Um, as he gave up two runs, uh, he really just shouldn't be allowed to face right-handed pitching in high-leverage situations because he just getting rakes. He gets raked, raked by righties. Um, they have like a 950 OPS against them this year. It's been pretty tough. Um, but I guess lefties has been really good, so I guess that's, you kind of have to use them um, sparingly and uh, in smart ways. And I think, you know, I'm not really going to blame Snit too much for um, much of this, except for this last Mets game, which we'll get into in a minute. But the bullpen was so taxed this past week with all of the um, starters just not being good. I mean, none of them went more than five innings. A lot of them went less than that. So I, re- I really wasn't mad at him. I was really just more mad at starting pitching for just continuing to be terrible. But, um, yeah, they get a run in the ninth, but cannot uh, make the full comeback. As a, how did they get that run in the ninth? Um, Acuna, Acuna singled in Harris. So, yeah, they could not come back, though, and they split with Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, not terrible, but really all of these games were winnable, not getting them. So what did you think about this one? Because uh, it started off good again, and they couldn't really hang on. Yeah, it's starting pitching again. I mean, how many times can we say it? it just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting on my – it's making my head hurt. Think yeah. about it again. Yeah, starting pitching, it, you know, you got to have a couple games where, you know, you go more than five innings. Like, you need to do a couple seven seven innings uh, from your starters this week, especially with eight games in seven days. Um, yeah, pretty frustrating. I mean, you, you know, it's it's hard to blame Snit here, you know, using Brad Hand in that situation. But, I mean, who was available? Like, yeah, like it was super thin back there. Yeah, bullpen's coming in for four innings every night. You know, somebody's got to pitch. Um, so, yeah, this one kind of stunk. Uh, splitting a series with the Pirates, who are not good, um, but not bad either. I mean, you know, no, they're they not some, horrible. They're not terrible. Yeah, they had some clutch hits, and um, yeah, their their bullpen is decent with Bednar and a couple other guys. But yeah, this one this one kind of hurt. Yeah, and I mean, the Pirates, like, I saw some people freaking out saying this was just, like, an embarrassment that we split with them. Like, they were the A's who actually did lose the series, too. But, like, the, the top of their lineup's not bad. Like, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, Jack Sawinski, um, Andrew McCutcheon, when he's in there, he's having a really nice year. Like, they're not they, – they had a good start to the season, actually. They were leading the NL Central for a little bit, and they really fell off since then. But they're not the worst team ever. So, still, the Braves probably should have won at least three of these Um but still a split on the road. It's not the end of the world, especially when the Braves, I mean, people, I, I don't, I just, I've got to the point now where nothing frustrates me too much. Like last year, how some would obviously because of the circumstances of the division race last year. Like if this, this starting pitching stretch happened last season, first of all, the Braves probably don't win the division. And I would have, I would, I got, I would have been irate. <laughs> so luckily they're doing this now and not a year ago, but uh, yeah, Split on the road, it's not the end of the world at all. So, uh, yeah, we can move on to this Mets series, which went really well. They take three out of four. They lose the fourth game, which was uh, kind of annoying. But uh, before that, they just dog-walked the Mets through these first three games. Seven to nothing, 21 to three, and then six to nothing. So what is that? Uh, 30, 34 to three through the first three games. That is insane i mean game one um this was the most bizarre start ever by charlie morton um five innings pitched seven walks 
and uh, three hits. And he hit a guy, I believe, to um, – no, he didn't actually. Oh, no, he <laughs> he did hit a guy. He hit Daniel Vogel back and he swung at it. That's what it was. <laughs> Which, um, that's the funny thing, too. He had four strikeouts, and three of them were Daniel Vogelback. So, we can just talk about Morton for a second here. What do you think of this? Because he was not good at all. No. I mean, giving up ten base runners over five innings. And he actually came out for the sixth. And then he, um, then he gave up a single. And then he got pulled for Pierce Johnson. But, I mean, just the luck on this guy to not give up a run by giving up ten base runners over five innings is insane. So, yeah, this was just uh, like at the end, I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of impressive. But uh, <laughs> what did you think of this? Because good Lord, there was something. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the stat line through a shutout over five. Um, you know, you think, oh, he must pitch pretty good. Give up only three hits and, and, and that and so. But yeah, it, it was abysmal. Seven walks. I don't even that, it's honestly impressive that he didn't give up a run. The Mets yeah. were so bad all series long with runners in scoring position until tonight, obviously. Um, it, they were so bad. They went 0 for 12, left 14 on in game one. It's not good. That's hard to do. That's really hard. It is. It is. I mean, and the Mets, they didn't have Lindor in this game. He got scratched, and obviously they're not the same team that they were last year, even beginning of this year, because they sold off some pieces. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's – they're bad. Like, um, they're not, not anymore, but after the Nationals won today, the Mets were in last place. <laughs> the Nationals caught the Mets. That is unbelievable. But, um, yeah, and this one, this is where I'm going to start actually picking at Brian Snitker because he had some bad, bad um, management in the last game of the series by leaving in Yanni Trinos too long. But he also used A.J. Minter. In the ninth inning of this one, when they're up seven, I don't get that when you have a double hair the next day and a game on Sunday. Like, that's I – I wouldn't want to use Mentor there. Um, so, in the moment, I was like, oh, I don't know why AJ Mentor's pitching here. But uh, I guess just getting him some work. But still, I probably would have just saved him when you have a double header tomorrow, um, which we can get into game two now. 21-3, uh, to three, this one. It's got to be this – I mean, if the Braves want to top this as uh, have a bigger blowout this year um, – by any means, go ahead and do that. But I think this will be their biggest blowout this year. Um, things got really funny in the top of the ninth, and they scored eight runs off of Danny Mendick, which is just a super unfortunate last name. Um, but this was uh, Nicky Lopez, his debut, and he had a game to remember. Hit a homer off the position player, pitched a shutout inning, and had two other hits. So pretty cool for him. Um, also, Alan Winans went seven shutout uh, with nine strikeouts. I think he needs to be in the rotation over Yanni Trinos. I don't know if they'll do it, but uh, he looked really good. And I, you do have to preface this. This was the Mets lineup in this game. <laughs> Rafael Ortega, Braves legend, hit that huge grand slam a few years ago. Never forget that. Mark Vientos, who is awful. He's a rookie, but he's been really bad. Jeff McNeil, who has really fell off this year. Pete Alonso, who is uh, at least a big league hitter. He's got like 35 homers. Then Vogelback who swung at a pitch that hit him the night before. Another Braves legend, Abraham Almonte, World Series champion, Abraham Almonte. Omar Narvaez was a 590 OPS. DJ Stewart, 650 OPS. And Jonathan Arauz was a 333 OPS. So it is might be the worst lineup I've seen a team put out against the Braves this year. Really, they only had one like real hitter in the lineup, and it was Pete Alonso. So you do have to kind of put a little asterisk next to that for Winans, which kind of sucks for him, but he still was really good. Um, Seven his pitch and nine strikeouts. You can't argue with that, um, even though this kind of was a triple-A lineup. So what do you think about Winans? What do you think about Nicky Lopez? What do you think about um, Matt Olson? He, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in this game. What else happened? Uh, Forrest Wall got his first big league hit off a position player that bounced off the first base bag. He'll never forget that for sure. So, yeah, a lot to talk about. What do you think about just the madness of this game? <laughs> yeah, fantastic game to watch as a Braves fan. <laughs> this was the Alan Winans, Ozzy Albies, Nicky Lopez, Matt Olson game. Like, you you, you can mm-hmm. name five guys that had an amazing game. Uh, Olson, two homers, now leads the league in home runs um, over Otani. Uh, Albies, six RBIs, went on, scored seven innings, four hits, zero runs, nine Ks. Really hoping he got that 10th K, but didn't happen. Nicky Lopez, you know, 
four for six, three runs, a homer, five RBIs, and he comes in and closes the game out at night. <laughs> um, yeah, this was so fun. I mean, usually when position players come in and pitch, the Braves suck at hitting them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and, you know, this was just fun, man. And, and they showed no mercy. Like, normally when it's this this lopsided, you're, you're taking one base at a time. No. Dude, they were swinging for the fences, um, you know, running, sliding home, you know, making close plays. It didn't even matter, man. They, they were just having fun out there. Um, yeah, this game was awesome. It, it's really going to help the run differential. We're trying to get 200 now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this this was awesome. It was a fun game. Um, it was. That's all you can say, man. It was, it was fun. It was super fun. I mean, you know, like like you said, the Braves usually, like, do nothing. It's position players usually just swing at the first pitch and they usually get, like, a five-pitch inning or something because they just get, like, a hard grounder or pop out. But I mean, I think, like, this felt personal. Like, there is definitely some animosity towards these Mets. <laughs> I think Ozzy even said it after winning game two. Someone asked him, um, like, does it feel different beating the Mets? He's like, yeah, it feels, like, better when we beat the Mets, like, than really any other team. Which, I mean, they're a bigger tribal, so it makes sense. But, I mean, t- just kicking a man while he's down. <laughs> like, yeah. And, I mean, Danny Mendick, 1.1 <laughs> innings pitched, eight runs. <laughs> 36 ERA. Yeah, that's that's brutal. <laughs> That that lineup you read off. Um, by the way, that's that's the highest payroll in baseball. That's their lineup. That sounds like a you know, 2015 Atlanta Braves lineup when we're rolling out. Oh yeah. Just scrubs, man. Just Jace Peterson and, and you know all those guys. Like that's the worst lineup I've ever. I mean, that's gonna be a meme. You know, in five years, someone's gonna have a screenshot of that and they're gonna post oh, that. Yeah. Like, you remember these days? And um, yeah, I'm just glad I could be a part of it. 21 to three. Not, you know, we scored more points than the Falcons did in their preseason game. Yeah, the Falcons won 19 to three. So that was that was making its rounds too. There's some photoshops of putting this game with all the NFL games. Yeah, that's uh, it was super funny. I mean, the one the three runs the Mets scored were Daniel Vogelbach hit a, a three run homer off of um, Talkin. So they got all their runs on one swing. Um, I kind of wish it would have been a shutout. That would have been a little, little better, but still, you can't complain. Winning 21-3. to three. I'm trying to think if there's anything else from this one. I, I think we covered it all. It's just pretty funny all around. And then, um, yeah, game two of the doubleheader was uh, pretty enjoyable also. Six to nothing. They win. Um, really tacked things on at the end um, by getting five runs in the eighth and ninth to make it six to nothing. Ozzy, Ozzy hit a absolute tank later on in this game, and um, Strider, Strider bounced back. Um, he looked really good. Seven innings pitched, zero earned runs. Did walk four, which uh, you no, know, I, I don't really. Uh, I, I, he, he hasn't really walked guys all year, so I don't really worry about that. And only struck out six. So I think he kind of went in here with a different approach with these Mets. Strider has struggled facing the Mets in his career. Um, I know he had he had that bad start in that uh, crazy game that they played earlier this year when Ozzy had the walk off, um, but um, so I think he kind of went up there with a different approach to kind of let them put the ball in play, knowing that this lineup, um, you know, they can kind of beat themselves by just kind of hitting weak contact. So, yeah, what did you think about Strider in this one? Because it was really encouraging to see him bounce back and seven shutout. Um, yeah, him and Winans going seven shutout a piece really helped the bullpen too in this one, and I'm um, also. Another complaint in this game, they used Rysel Iglesias when they're winning six to nothing in the ninth. I don't understand. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, another shutout. This was awesome. Um, Strider, like you said, definitely. I mean, the K's weren't there, but you know they kind of were there. But he was pitching to a lot of contact, and yeah, um, that that really proves like that just shows how you know he's becoming a vet and he can you know on nights he doesn't have a strikeout stuff he can still maneuver around and go seven like you know this is what. Definitely what our bullpen needed after, um, you know, doubleheader earlier, game earlier in the, the day. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to say here. I mean, 6 nothing. Um, what happened on the offense here? Pilar, um, you know, I honestly, going into this game, I thought Nicky Lopez was going to stay in after the big game he had earlier. Uh, we didn't see that RC actually played. Um, you know, they gave him, I think they were just giving him a little rest. Uh, yeah, he's been playing a lot. And um, so I, I, I thought Nicky Lopez would get another start, but he didn't. So, um, anyways, 6 nothing, easy dub. That lineup, the Mets lineup looked a lot better this game, but still, yeah. the runs weren't there. 
Yeah, they had Nimmo and Lindor back in there, which helped things for sure. Um, and Francisco Alvarez. Um, yeah, they're really just punting game one, huh? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, um, Ozzy had the homer in this one. Um, second deck, it was a was a real tank. Um, and, yeah, offense didn't like, run as wild in this one as they did in game one, but more Quintana than enough. Quintana was good. Quintana was really good. He was. He was. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't mess and trade him, honestly. But, uh Probably can get some for him because he's been good this year. He's got a three or three ERA. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was solid. He went six innings pitching, went around. But when we got to the bullpen, um, Drew Smith and Phil Bickford got lit up. So uh, yeah, uh, we could talk about game four now, uh, which was tonight, which isn't on baseball reference yet. I tried to click to it and it's not on there yet because it's still today. It will be tomorrow. So let me pull it up over here. But the Braves lose seven to six. And I try not, like I said earlier, I try not to get upset at these kind of games just because of the position the Braves are in. But um, this one got under my skin, man. It really did. Uh, really stuck in my craw. Um, the Braves went up three to nothing in the first against uh, Singa, which the Braves were actually super outmatched starting pitching wise in this game was Singa versus Yanni. Um, but they get three off of Singa in the first. So Zuna um, has a bases loaded double, clears the bases, and it looks like here we go again. We're about to destroy him. But uh, could I Singa? I actually like Singa a lot. I think he's really fun to watch pitch. I wish he wasn't on the Mets. He really settled in after that and shut down the Braves. Um, didn't give up another run and went six innings pitched and um, had seven strikeouts. So that really helped things out for the Mets. But um, let's just skip to the uh, fifth with uh, Yanni Chirinos. Um, you know, I really don't want to pile on Chirinos too much. He wasn't good in the uh, fifth at all. But I do think that he was put in a very poor position by his manager. Would you agree with that um, sentiment? <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have came back out. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, he, he, like he like him coming back out was not terrible. I get him coming back out because the bullpen has been taxed. But you like 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 I mentioned with using Mentor and Iglesias when you're up late. And I'm not saying bring those guys in right now, but you can probably afford to bring in. Joe Jimenez, or I mean, they end up bringing McHugh, which that's his own thing, um, or Yates, or Pierce Johnson, but you know, you didn't use, you didn't, you didn't manage your bullpen super well, but um, yeah, he, he just could not have any control in this when he walked two guys in the uh, fifth. They were kind of um, figuring them out, plugging holes where guys weren't. They were kind of, kind of remind me how the Mets were playing last year of just really just putting the ball in play and finding holes, not hitting the ball super hard. He kind of got dinked and ducked a tad bit, but still, like, I, he walked um, Vogel back on four pitches, and then they let him face Arvaez after that. And I was, I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was like, what the hell? And then he walked Narvaez. I, I think he threw eight balls in a row. And then they brought, and I was like, what is Snit doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? I could not believe he let him face Narvaez, because it was so clear that he was just done. He had nothing left, and um, yeah, it was really frustrating. So yeah, what'd you what'd you think about Chirinos and all that before we get into McHugh, which he's on my shit list big time. He's been on my shit list for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think the Yanni Chirinos experiment is over with. Um, you know, before this, we had won all three of the starts, but <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> went three point two against Milwaukee, giving up four runs, and then. Against the Angels, he goes five innings, gives up three hits. That's, you know, that was a little bit better. Then he goes five innings, six runs, and then tonight, 4.2 innings with six runs. Just, uh, yeah, I, I'd rather give I'd rather give those starts to Winans or, you know, bring Soroka, who had a, you know, really, really good start um, in AAA the other day. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just, I don't know. You, you, you brought Torino in hoping he, he could hold the fifth spot down until Kyle Wright returned. Um, but it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Yeah, like in the fifth, he went uh, Ortega single, Nemo single, um, Lindor ground out, um, which uh, could have been a double play, but uh, Archie just didn't flip it to Ozzy for some reason. He tried to tag the bag himself. I don't know what that was all about. Um, and then McNeil single, Alonzo grounded one to Riley, and this could have also been a double play, but he bobbled it and get the out at third. And then um, the Volga back walk, Narvaez walk, and then they bring in McHugh. Who then walks Vientos, <laughs> and then catches interference, which um, I guess that's on Murphy. That's kind of a weird play, anyway. But yeah. it was just, this ending was just a com like a comedy of errors. 
um, Ortega singles, and then um, Nemo fl- flies out and they mercifully end the inning um, after giving up six runs. So, yeah, I think me and you both tweeted like um, at the same time to DFA Colin McHugh. Um, yeah. Which uh, I don't think they have to DFA him right now, but I do think when um, Dylan Lee's back, Jesse Chavez is back, Nick Anderson's back, like he is the guy in the bullpen that does not deserve to stay, really. I think everybody else in front of him has done a better job. I think, like, really with Tonkin, um, you know, Tonkin's not been perfect, but he's definitely been a better long man than McHugh. So I think they kind of can afford to uh, – they don't have to DFA him. They could just IL him, um, say he has, a like, a strained shoulder or something, just kind of give him a rest and maybe bring him back later on see if he's fixed something. But, I mean, he's kind of old. Like, he's 35 years old. He might just be done. And uh, his walks are way up and strikeouts are way down, so – yeah, you got any thoughts on McHugh? Because it's not been good. Not been good. Yeah, at all. you look at 2021. He averaged 10.4 Ks um, per 1.69 walks. 2022, 9.74 Ks um, and 1.82 walks per nine. This year, he's down to 6.6 Ks and three and a half walks per nine. So, um, not good. He's getting hit hard. He's, he's walking people, and he's not striking out people. So, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Like you said, he's 35. He's getting old. He's just throwing meatballs at this point, and he can't find the strike zone with his curveball. No one is chasing it because it's in the other b- batters. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, with some guys coming back, I think uh, I, I think he's the odd man out. Um, I, I know Dylan Lee can go multiple innings. You know, Tom yeah, they're, they're planning on that too, yeah. That's important yeah. to note. Tonkin can go multiple innings, so I think our we found we have a couple long man relievers coming coming back. Um, so, you know, I I think he's done. I mean, I don't even know what you do with him at this point. I, you know, it, it's just not there. And uh, yeah, I guess you kind of just got to accept it and cut ties with him. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they could. I mean, they still have time. They don't have to do anything like tomorrow because it doesn't sound like Dillon's coming back tomorrow. Like you said, the Braves' plan is to um, have him do a few more rehab starts and try to stretch him out and go multiple innings. Um, so that's like another like alarm bell for Colin McHugh <laughs> leaving of getting another long man. Um, but they could like I, like McHugh seems like a good guy, and I think um, everybody likes him in the bullpen. They could just like like hey man. Like give him, give him however much longer it is till Lee comes back to maybe, maybe he can be better and prove himself. But if not, you could either DFA him, which, uh, but if they don't want to do that and keep him around, um, just put him on the 60-day IL and just say, hey man, we're not going to DFA you, but you're going on the 60-day IL to open up a 40-man roster spot and a 26-man roster spot. So they could also do that. So. I guess but I think McHugh would be like, yeah, I'd rather do that and just chill with the Braves and then not be on the Braves at all. <laughs> if you give him that ultimatum, I know what I would pick. So we'll see. There's still time. Um, but, yeah, like you said, with uh, Chirinos um, and uh, about Soroka and Winans. Yeah, I think the next time through it's got I would do I would go Winans because I think he was pretty good against the Brewers in his first start. And then he was good, really good against the Mets. So I think you go with him. Um, but, yeah, Chirinos. uh you know, he could be like he he would have been fine tonight. I don't think anybody would be bitching about Chirinos if he went four innings pitch, one earned run. You know, that's kind of what he can give you. He can't go three times for the order. He can't. He's just one of those guys. He's like um, Drew Smiley or Jake Odorizzi. Like Snit would always put them, keep them in third time through the order, and they would get rocked. He kind of has a bad habit of doing that. So um, yeah, I yeah I I don't know. I think Winans and Soroka are definitely better options and. Uh, with more upside too, like we know what Yannitrius is capable of. I think Winans and Soroka are definitely capable of more. So, yeah, pretty frustrating game. They did have they did have a kind of a comeback in this one. Uh, Matt Olson had another homer. He's got 43 home runs, <laughs> which um, his OPS is over a thousand now. He's getting intensely walked like crazy. His OBP is above 380. Um, Murphy also had a homer, but let's talk about Olson. We we need to appreciate this man. I mean, people, when when he wasn't going super great a couple months ago and Freddie Freeman was going off, there were some people think saying, like, man, just imagine if this Braves team had Freddie on it. And then really since that he has just gone apeshit, and it is insane to watch. He's on he's officially on pace for 60 home runs. Yeah, he's crazy. 
and you know he's an AWL. He listens to Pardon My Take, so he, he gets another bump there. He's definitely <laughs> the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. The, at least being home runs and RBI. I mean, he, he's been unbelievable. I mean, the average is coming come way up. He's drawing walks. He's not chasing as much. Um, he, he's the guy, man. He, he, he's the man. I think I think he's had four home runs since going on Pardon My Take. So, you know, keep your eye on that. Um, PMT bump. Could be he could be uh you know I in sixty this year and that's a legit threat. It's oh, uh, yeah. a ton of ton of season left and um he, he's showing no signs of slowing down man. He, he's he's probably if I had to rank MVPs right now it's it's Acuna, Freeman, and then for tied third I got Mookie and Olson tied three. I mean yeah, not much not much else you can say. I mean he's unbelievable. A thousand OPS. Um, yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's actually officially passed Ronald, too, for highest OPS on the team. Ronald's um, 995, which is still incredible. Um, and he's, he's up to 55 steals now. Um, Ronald actually kind of had an unlucky series. He hit a ton of bullets just right at people. So I think he could really um, run wild next week if he just keeps that same approach. But, yeah, I mean, Olsen, like, I've really never seen anything like it. Like, I guess the Yankees fans felt this last year there in Judge. And I guess the... Like Barry, the Giants fans when Barry Bonds was there and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, like if you're a fan of those guys or a fan of those teams when they were on them, like this is what it feels like. He's every time he comes to the play, I'm like he's he might hit a home run right here. Like it's pretty likely. <laughs> and um, it's not even just that too. He's like he's not striking out as much. He's walking like crazy. He's like putting the ball the other way for singles too. Like his batting average is all the way up to 273. He was batting 220 not too long ago. Like he's like he's been un- unbelievable, man. I like I I knew Matt Olson was going to be good this year, and I think we both said he was going to hit 40 homers, but I don't think anyone thought he was going to do it. Uh, yeah. I guess he had his 40th homer like on August 10th or something. So it's been insane. Yeah, we you know we thought we thought his numbers would go up a little bit. You know, second year in Atlanta, um, you know he had to overcome the shadows of Freddie Freeman last year. It's a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. But yeah, new new ballpark, new team. You know. Second year in, we, we expected this to go up, especially with the ship change. We expected that average to be up, but, I mean, his average is going up, and he's just hitting home runs and extra base hits. So that, that's, you know, you can't you can't say the shift is doing any of that, man. He, he's unbelievable. He's um, he's unbelievable, man. Um, big big shout-out to him, man. He's, he's really holding it down. It's awesome. Yeah. Had to shout him out because he had an insane week hitting home runs left and right, and um... – yeah, I think uh, with the Braves, that's about it. They do, they play the um, Yankees coming up for three in Atlanta, and the Yankees are really struggling. So um, maybe take advantage of them too. They have like one of the worst offenses in baseball, which is kind of weird to say with the Yankees, but uh, they have a pretty, got a, a kind of a cool schedule this week. Yankees and Giants, you know, kind of cool when the Braves play them. I like that. Both at home, so that, that should be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean the Yankees had a brutal loss. I don't know if you saw it, but they uh, gave up five runs in the ninth inning to the Marlins and lost eight to seven. <laughs> so yeah. they're they're going through it. They're about at 500 right now, so they're not playing well. And uh, the Giants are good, so um, that should be a fun series too. But Braves are in really great shape. Um, like I said, 11 games up. And uh, yeah, they're 75 and 42. Can't yeah. really. You know, it hasn't been perfect since the All-Star break. I think they're only a game or two over 500 since then. But, like, as long as things are ironed out and everything's ready to go by October, I really, really don't care. I'm kind of just more focused on, like, individual stuff now. Like, I'm rude for Matt Olson, 60 homers, Cunha 40-40. Like, dude, if Acuna goes 40-40 and Matt Olson has 60 home runs in the same season, that's yeah. just un- unbelievable. It's, so. it's kind of crazy. Acuna... I'm not sure how many home runs he has, 26 or 28. I know it's one of those. He's got tw- he's got 26, I believe. Yeah. So and and you know we're we're still waiting on him to go on like a tear where he hits. Yeah, he hasn't got on a hundred home run binge yet this year. No, I mean he's hitting a lot more ground balls. A lot of he's rolling over to third a lot. Um, his ground ball rate is up a lot, but his strikeout rate is down. You know his walk percentage is up. So I mean you'll take that. I know 40-40 is still kind of in the picture but he's gonna have to go on one of those tears yeah um and and look forward to doing it you know when he gets home when he gets hot um it's usually at home and um yeah i'm really looking forward to that maybe maybe this week with the yankees and giants coming to town um 
yeah, I want to beat up on these guys, man. Yeah, I think like he had a lot of rockets this week. I think he had two or three hit to the warning track that he just missed. So I think if he can like just get a little more on those and get a little wind under him, he could have a few home runs this week, especially in Truist. Um, he does get hot there, and uh, yeah, exciting stuff, man. This is they're really good. We say it every week, but they are really, really good. So uh, yeah, we can move on now. We actually have some Hawks stuff to uh, touch on. Um, nothing actually happened, but there was a report of what didn't happen, and uh, kind of interesting of what happened with these Pascal Siakam negotiations, which we talked about a few weeks ago, how we wanted Pascal Siakam, and uh, just kind of never happened. It seems like it has completely fizzled out, and it's not going to happen at all, but it was reported this week by The Athletic that the Hawks offered um, A.J. Griffin in the trade for um Pascal Siakam, along with DeAndre Hunter, too, which that wasn't surprising. But um, A.J. Griffin, <laughs> I did not think they would do that. So and I'm kind of scratching my head of why the Raptors didn't take him. So what do you think of that? It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, kind of weird uh, for that to even get leaked. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure why the Raptors didn't take that. I mean, A.J. Griffin was a stud last year. He just you know, kind of fell out of the rotation towards the end. Um yeah, super interesting. Not good for the locker room, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate it to get a player of Siakam's uh, you know, pedigree. And, you know, he, he's a stud and he would really complete the rotation, I think, uh, making us a, you know, legit contender. But, I mean, I don't know. Quinn Snyder, you know, didn't really seem to favor A.J. Griffin last year towards the yeah. end. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't hate it, but I'm just really surprised I got leaked. Yeah, it says um, Hunter, Griffin, and draft compensation was what, I guess, the Hawks' best offer to Siakam. I don't know what those picks would have been. I'm guessing a first-rounder, maybe a pick swap or two. But, um, yeah, really interesting, Um, and that's a good point. Like, it seemed when Snyder took over last year, he really favored Jalen over A.J. Griffin. Um, So maybe he's not a huge fan of him. Like, uh, you know, because when you think about it, when A.J. Griffin got drafted, it was Schlink and Nate. Now it's Landry Fields, Kyle Korver, and uh, Quinn Snyder. So maybe it's like that's not their guy, you know. They didn't take him. He's not like how Kobe Bufkin is to them when they took him. So that could be something, um, but it looks like it's not going to happen. It seems like the Hawks are just going to roll with this team going into the season, which um, the, the roster is worse because there's no, like you traded Collins for nothing, so you do get kind of worse there. But I do think the Quinn Snyder full season bump is going to make them better. But um, one other thing we can talk about the Hawks – what do you think about not trading Capella? Because it really seemed like they were going to, and it seems like it's gone on too long with how Okongwu has progressed. So, like, what do you think is going to happen? Because Okongwu is due for an ex- or extension eligible after this season. So, like, what do you think is going to happen there? Like, I kind of think Okongwu should be getting more minutes, even though Clint's still really good. It's kind of a weird situation they're in. Yeah, I don't think Clint's re- ready to you know, give up that starting role where – Okongwu's giving having more minutes than him, so um, you know we may see a 50-50 split in minutes. You know, save their legs and and you know keep the rotations going. I mean, you may see a combination of both of them on the floor, two bigs. And, I was thinking that too. You know, just just shooters surrounding them. I mean, it's super interesting what they're doing. Um, I don't I don't know, but uh, we'll see, man. I, I, I you know I'm gonna put my trust in Quinn and and you know Trey and. DeJounte signed the extension. I, you know, hopefully good vibes are going. And, you know, I mean, just just having that security that, you know, this is the roster, this is what you're rolling with, really helps with the offseason. I think, um, you know, getting the guys, you know, playing hoops together and training together and just, you know, keeping that solid core could be a good thing. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see with our, um, you know, A.J. Griffin and Jalen Johnson. We'll see how they progress. Um, Buffkin, new draft pick. We'll see what his role is. I think we'll have a lot more clarity as we get closer. But, yeah, I mean, Capella's name was definitely floating around in trade talks just as John Collins was, you know, a few weeks ago. So, um, I don't know. We're not there yet. Could still Something something could still happen, but uh, it's looking unlikely. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out because their minutes are going to be kind of weird, I think. Yeah, I do think it'll be really interesting to see if they um, run any sets with them two both on the floor. Maybe Akangu's jump shot has made some progression this offseason. That would help a lot. But uh, yeah, I really, I really thought the Mavericks were going to trade for Capella. I kind of thought that it was going to end up being a three-team trade. 
Raptors, Hawks, Mavericks, Capella goes to the Mavs, Siakam to Atlanta, like Hunter, and maybe like AJ Griffin or something, and picks to the Raptors. Like, uh, that kind of seemed like it, like, kind of made sense for everybody, but because the Mavericks, they got Kyrie and Luka, they don't get a center. They got Norm Powell, Dwayne Clint Capella, <laughs> like, they could really use Clint Capella. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. Really interesting. So, um, yeah, we're still pretty far out from basketball, but. You know, something to talk about there. Uh, pretty soon here, we'll be talking about the Falcons. You know, like you said, uh, played their first preseason game, beat the Dolphins. Um, as we get a little closer, we'll start to preview them. But it's about that time of year, man. About a month out from uh, football. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah. uh, I can't yep. wait. Um, expecting a big year out of the Falcons. Uh, our running back, Bijan's already getting that hype. You know, saying he's going to be a top two fantasy running back already so pretty yeah. crazy stuff going on a lot of hype i love it we ha- i haven't felt this excited about a you know talking season in, in, in a good minute so um yeah good vibes good vibes going through the, the camp starting 1-0 against the dolphins um oh yeah michael uh walker got cut today he did he did and they um the falcons signed i'm blanking on his name but he was the usfl defensive player of the year or something and then some of the falcons guys i follow that are pretty they like they're really plugged in they're like this is not good for michael walker and then like an hour later he got cut <laughs> so that was uh, pretty interesting i'm trying to find this guy's name but he's a linebacker and they bring him to camp which is that was kind of a surprising move i guess uh, i haven't been super plugged into falcons camp but i guess michael walker has not been playing well in camp and um yeah, like he 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 played a lot for the he's played a lot since being drafted. Like I think he started every single game last year, so that was a pretty interesting move. Yeah, he started 12 games last year, 107 tackles, um, four for loss, and two interceptions. So I mean, yeah, honestly, a solid guy. You want your team? He's 25 years old. I thought he'd be really good depth, um, but you know, Falcons think otherwise. They think um, bringing in this guy. Obviously, he's going to take his position, um, and yeah, I don't know. This was this was a shock to me after you know the steps he took last year. Yeah, his name is uh, Frank Ginda. Um, can't say he's in my book, but apparently he was really nasty in the USFL. So uh, cool for him, I uh, I guess for um, getting back to the NFL. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of surprising. Michael Walker's still a young guy, but um, yeah, kind of kind of weird, but you know. Nothing I think is going to affect the team too much. It's not like they cut Grady Jarrett or something out of nowhere. Um, but uh, still, it's um, definitely notable for sure. So, uh, yeah, you got any uh, final takes before we get on out of here? I do not, my man. All right. Yeah, so um, we'll be back uh, next weekend or next week with a uh, another episode, some more Braves talk. Maybe a little more Falcons talk as we uh, approach the season. So if you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one.